one, check two. Blog Talk Radio. Exactly what he's going to do. 
Um, now we're going to bring in Lefty here once he pops on from Chicken Talk. Um, they, they're they doing a great job there. Lefty's going to talk about the stuff that, you know, he, he talked about the YouTuber, uh, Blue Blood, who's involved in the Terrence Crawford promotion with the uh, BLK Prime um, app. Um, he talked to Espinoza, talked to a lawyer in the space. Like I said, had Blue Blood on to kind of talk vaguely, well, with some detail anyway, actually, about Terrence Crawford contacting uh, the folks to make, you know, the powers that be, well, behind the back of Spence and, and Showtime and all that. But we're going to talk about what went wrong. We do have a little bit more information now reported uh, than we did right away, um, whether it comes to uh, the non-guarantee and why there was a non-guarantee potentially. Like I said, there's more reports now. We know from multiple reports that Crawford does have a contract if he wants to sign it, but clearly he's now said he's going to take this fight, and then he said he's going to fight Spence. So um, now the obvious question is, well, why, if you were so hell-bent, you know, on fighting, uh, you know, in 2022, which I get <clears> – <throat> He should have just fought in the summer and got it over with and just be transparent and be like, hey, I'm going to have a fight, then I'm going to go into negotiations. So it is kind of a strange turn of events. Um, but like I said, there is a little bit more information out, and it hasn't been debunked by Crawford and his team. And, you know, it, the information now comes from a couple of different sources, um, the Boxing Source YouTube channel had Joseph Heron on there, or Heron, and uh, he had some things to say, some things to report on there. Like I said, we're just kind of, what I like about Lefty in the Space Chicken Talk, they actually talked to the horse's mouth. They had Espinosa on there talking about the deal as much as he could. Um, like I said, they had, you know, a lawyer on there that is well known as a boxing manager and representing fighters, just to kind of get an all-purpose look at the scenario and that's the problem with the media today we don't have enough digging into all of it and kind of just taking all the information in and then you can make more of a, a you know a balanced decision of okay what happened here it's kind of like you do it all the time at rope we, we kind of just put a bunch of stuff on the wall and then see what sticks and and, and so there's i don't know like i said if you hear joseph he talks about the offer and everything like that, that, that Crawford wouldn't move from a certain number. And that's why there was a no guarantee. And they were going to get the, you know, the money created overall revenue on the event. So there's a, there's a, you know, that sounded like a really strange report when I first heard of it, I couldn't really make sense. Hearing this report now kind of makes it at least, well, it makes it make sense a little more like, okay, so that's why he didn't have a guarantee. But, you know, Crawford didn't come out and say he never was offered a guarantee or he doesn't have a contract sent in. So, and he's not like rebuffing Idick's report and some other reports out there. So he's kind of gone ghost right now as far as social media to an extent. Not that he's huge on social. We're going to dig into that stuff because, like I said, it's, you know, I don't know. I just, I think when you break it down frame by frame, and you use all the evidence, or, or reports, I should say, 
Um, It's just kind of a head scratcher in some form. Now there is a a guarantee that he's supposedly going to get eight figures, 10 plus million dollars to fight this fight. A lot of people um, are looking at that kind of critically, like, so who's paying you 10 mil? Don't get me wrong. If, If someone's, you know, someone's willing to give him 10 mil for this fight and just lose a bunch of it, it is what it is. I see why he did this fight, especially if he plans to fight uh, Spence again. So he, he basically told them publicly what he's going to do now rather than kind of scheduling a fight this summer and then fighting. He did say he agreed to all the terms, and there has been reported that there's a contract that's been at least sent, if not back and forth, whatever it is. I really can't really say 100% exactly what um, you know all the details, but we are gonna talk to Lefty here in just a second. Um, and like I said, we we do have an interesting weekend coming up. Um, a lot of people are bummed out about November and December, and and to be honest, we've been spoiled. You know, these last probably three closes to the year. If you look at 2020, yeah, we had COVID and the action slowed way down, but then again, you know. Uh, it we had a great close to that 2020 year. Last year, or 2019, we had a great close. 2020, we had a great close. 2021, last year, you know, we had a great, great heavyweight fight. We had Caleb Plant. We had a variety, or Alvarez, I should say, Plant. We had a variety of, of great closes three years in a row. I can't remember if 2018 was a great close, but it is. It is a bummer. There are some legit fights remaining, you know. Uh, most of the Showtime stuff since late July, as far as the main events have been kind of mediocre, obviously, in the main events. The cards have been good. Of late ESPN, especially ESPN Plus, they've been delivering of late. If you look at the rest of their cards, the main events don't necessarily, you know, jump out at you. Hopefully, they turn out better than we had thought or maybe something pops off on the undercard. Um, it seems like right now on paper, just zone has the best close because you do have Estrada Chocolatito. Um, you have Zapata and Diaz this weekend, which I think is a good fight. You have uh, Ramirez and Bivol. So, I mean, they, they have probably the, they do have the best schedule to close. Like I said, in the last month or so, ESPN has been delivering, but yeah, Showtime, not so much down the stretch. Sometimes Showtime does that, though. They won't go heavy during football. Um, now, whether the Crawford, you know, spent stuff, delayed some of that, you know, it is what it is. But either way, of course, boxing fans, you know, are not happy about the scenario. So, anyway, um, you know, we are we are going to get into some other – items down the stretch here but i do want to bring in lefty to talk about this stuff because like i said there's just not enough real reporting and you know to actually hear it from the horse's mouth to actually follow up to 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 interview people to kind of you know add to the evidence or not necessarily evidence but just get as much information as you can so, therefore, you can look at, you know, the situation better. Like, okay, I feel more informed rather than just hearing it from one side. You know, there's 
the old saying of two sides to a story is really the old saying of three sides to a story. What he said, what she said, and what actually happened. So um, you always want to do that. Like I said, we are really huge on doing that here at Rope and Dope. Let's bring in Lefty into the fold. What's going on, Lefty? How you doing on this fine afternoon, sir? I am doing pretty well. How you doing today, Chris? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing okay. You know, uh, I can't complain unless I'm a boxing fan. Then I got a lot to complain about. But I do want to say, you know, that's what we do best. That you though, got... right? It's complain, right? Yeah, right. Ain't that what boxing fans <laughs> do best? We, we complain. This is like <laughs> everyday thing for us. I mean, for real, dude. And, and there is a lot to complain, but I do find it funny what people choose to complain about and, and when there's a lot of other, hey, what about that type of shit. Um, I do want to give you some credit here, Lefty, though, because there's a lot of people inside this industry that just run tell that, right? They, they get a little information and they run with it, or it's not, it's just clickbait or it's just a non-story, and they're just trying to uh, – get clicks or they're coming from a very biased, uh, you know, situation and angle. And, you know, you guys at Chicken Talk really get great interviews. You have random great interviews that just kind of pop off during a debate or discussion. You guys have real debates. But the key thing is, Lefty, you're looking for information in a non-biased way, just trying to get it all in to see, you know, What's what? Um, can you talk a little bit about Chicken Talk, the space, and just, you know, as we get into the Spence Crawford debacle, um, like I said, I do want to give you guys credit, though, because it's, it's you've got a good thing going there. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, but basically, Chicken Talk, anybody listening don't know, it's a Twitter host space, something similar to Clubhouse, and uh, my... My uh, username on there is at LazyLeftyOG, and I host these uh, Twitter spaces every Saturday morning with Jake Donovan from Boxing Boxing Scene, and we go through what's the boxing news for the week. We also do random uh, interviews, like I've had Deontay Wilder, Espinosa, Lou DiBella, uh, 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 Leonard Ellaby, you know, just a lot of people, and a lot of people in the industry drop in and listen to us. They may never talk, but they do listen to what we have to say, and basically what we try to do is, is get the information out there and let people uh, be able to decipher it for themselves, you know, instead of everybody having, well, this is my source and trying to be all uh, secretive about it and, or, or presenting right. the story one way. We want to present the full story and have you decide for yourself, be able to put two and two together for yourself. And one thing about it, if you come in there uh, trying to spread some propaganda, you will be vigorously uh, uh, told to defend your position against uh, against a lot of smart people with actual knowledge of the sport inside the ring, outside the ring and the business. Yeah, exactly. It's not like, Oh, they're just going to kick you out of the, the space right away or nothing like that. It's, it's literally, all right, defend your, it, it kind of reminds me of YouTube boxing when it first started out, when it was real debate and it was real talk. And yeah, you got, you know, you gave each other shit because you, you thought this fighter was going to win or that fighter was going to win or whatever, just having fun with each other. But it wasn't from a over-the-top biased look like no matter what. And if it is, like you said, you uh, you ask the person to present the facts and then you kind of, you know, debate it out. So I, I just think, you, like I said, you guys got a good a lot of good things going. So let's talk about 
you know, you have the space going. Espinoza pops in, talks about um, what he can talk about. And, and, of course, he's got to kind of tread lightly, obviously. He doesn't want to mess up things in the negotiation either. Um, talk about how you kind of detailed and got a variety of information, whether it be Blue Blood as well, who is uh, behind the team with uh, the hey, he's, he's, about to make, he's about to make an announcement right now of the next fighter that they signed. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. I mean, since we're on we here, I give it to you. It's uh, my boy, A.B., about building. Uh-oh. Black Friday fighter. He's about to make that announcement. There we go. Giving it to you here huh. first before I drive and tweet it out. Well, I'm trying to wait on him to make wow. the announcement. But since I'm on the phone with you, I'm going to give it to you. Well, I appreciate that, Lefty. A.B. Yeah is joining. Okay, well that that does help stuff. That does help stuff over there, that's for sure. Um interesting. Okay. Yeah, all right. So they are really trying to make moves. Obviously, you know, we'll see how their first event goes as far as at a higher level. They've had some other events. They you know, people have kind of looked at their Twitter page or look at some misspelling or, or you know, type of stuff in their 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 uh, posters and whatnot, but uh, you know, let's let's give them a fair shot, and let's also, and I also like how you said, Lefty, let's not bring Kenny into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, this Kenny thats a federal it trips, Exactly, it trips me out that everybody thinks. As long as we've been watching boxing, there's always been a lot of people with a lot of money that's willing to come in and spend money. Kenny isn't the only person in the world with money. Boxing has had a lot of people come in and lose millions. Like the old joke says, how do you become a millionaire in boxing? Start with a billion. You know, there's just the graveyard of boxing is filled with people who, who, who thought they could turn a profit and make some money and, and end up losing millions upon millions. There you go. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, we've seen it come and go, come and go. I mean, Jay-Z tried to get into business. Last time I yeah. checked, he had some real money. Um, you know, yeah, definitely. Look at Triller. Um, and that's kind of surprised. This kind of feels like a Triller thing. But like I said, I do want to give them a fair shot in general. Um, so what is exactly Espinosa? How did he break down what was going on? Because we heard, you know, the first report for Coppinger was it's agreed to terms, and they just got a dot the I's and cross the T's of the contract. Then a few weeks later, there was a major issue all of a sudden and Crawford has some, some issues with the contract and, and the language and, and all sorts of stuff like that, then and we, that's when we heard that there's no guarantee. And that's what kind of threw me back, like no guarantee, but you're going to make money off the whole revenue of the event. And that kind of threw me for a loop. And I just couldn't quite, you know, he didn't say they never offered me a guarantee, but this was the deal he was working with. He said he agreed to all these terms. So we had a lot of different reports. Then we got the IDIC report that he's kind of gone quiet the next couple, last couple weeks, and there's an issue. They, they feel like there might be an issue. Boom, we got the uh, Abonetian fight released. And then, you know, even on the boxing source, I watched that interview where you were on there and Joseph Aaron was on there. And he had some things to say about how the negotiation, yeah. how they came to a non-guarantee. Let's start with your space, though, sir. Let's talk about Espinosa. Let's talk about Blue Butts and all that stuff as far as breaking down 
uh, the different communication that, that he was having with Crawford, too. Yeah. Well, uh, basically, Blue Blood, he said he, uh, the people at Black Prime, they approach. Blue Blood, for people who don't know, he's a YouTuber, uh, one of the highest uh, uh, rated boxing YouTube channels on YouTube. Also, very co- t- close tight end with Deontay Waters. Camp. Matter of fact, I met him down in Alabama. Um, covers all the fights, especially in the New York area. And uh, I guess he, he had gotten uh, also, a lot of people don't know this, he's also the nephew of Larry Hazard, former New Jersey State Athletic Commission Commissioner Larry Hazard, who now does scoring for PBC on Fox. That's his nephew. So he does have a lot of ties to boxing. Um, he's also the promoter of Brian Norman. So basically, they they had already had a deal with him, putting on the Brian Brian Norman fights, and they they wanted to get involved in in, in Crawford early April, and they had a couple of talks with him, and the talks really went nowhere. And Crawford went into negotiations with Spence. So uh, as we all heard, the deal was closer. I heard myself November nineteenth was set, already set. Excuse me, uh, ready to book the venue and go. Then sometime around August. Early September, things started to look kind of shaky. And at the Shakira Stevenson fight, uh, Blue Blood was there covering that. And I and I get and Terrence Crawford got back in contact with them. They had a conversation, and then like a week or so later, Crawford got back in contact with them, to, uh, you know, to, to do some business together. So you know, blaming Blue Blood isn't. I see a lot of people talking about he stopped the fight. He didn't stop the fight. He just he he put his his bid in, and Crawford chose to go his right. way. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that too, and that's ridiculous. He's just doing what he's doing. Like that's part of being in the business. You know, that, that has nothing to do with uh, you know breaking up a fight or whatever. That was on Crawford as far as what fight he wanted to take. And Espinosa exactly. kind of treaded lightly, trying to talk, you know, about the negotiations. What exactly, like, just kind of nutshell what he was talking about uh, the day he had him on the show. You know, well, he was basically saying that. They were close to a deal. They were, the main thing he said is he he was also blindsided by his decision, by Crawford's decision to go with Black Pine. They thought they were close to a deal. They were sending the paperwork back and forth. Last thing, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they sent him some paperwork and they hadn't heard from him. And then the news comes out that Black Prime, that he was signing with an app called Black Prime for his next fight, you know, took him by surprise also. But he didn't feel that any, there was anything in the negotiations that would have held up this fight. That the right. fight wasn't happening. Was I mean, they, they were they were 100% sure. Yeah, that they they were 100% sure that they were 100% sure the fight was happening November 19th. And then <laughs> that back and forth or whatever happened in between that time, then they were 100% sure that the fight would happen in February. Right. And what 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 were your thoughts when you started getting all this information? And even when you heard, uh, you know, on the Boxing Source that video, I, I I think everybody should go watch that that Boxing Source video. Subscribe to the channel with Joseph Heron. You did ask him a question, kind of detailing. Um, what do you take of that report as far as because like, like I said, the only way him not getting a guarantee would make sense is he him in my opinion. I'm speaking for myself, not you, but. It, it just kind of lined up because you're like, oh, that's why he, he doesn't have a guarantee. He was offered a guarantee. What, what are your thoughts on that? What, what do you take of that, him reporting what he did on that video about the detail of how those negotiations went? 
Yeah, so his, his details were uh, Crawford wanted $22 million and they got him down to 15 but their offer was only eight and a half, and they couldn't come from there. So uh, from the way he explained it, and, and see if, let me know if this is the way that you also took it. So Crawford mm-hmm. said they wanted to give him part. Since they couldn't come to 15, they would say, well, here, we'll give you the event, part of the event, and you can take a uh, piece of whatever the event makes. Instead right. of a yep. guarantee, if you feel that if you feel that's more than what we're able to offer, to guarantee. So that's where the story came out about no guarantee, from what I understand. That's how I took it too, and and like I said, now that I hear that information, and it is a report, we don't know if it's one hundred percent factual. Let's put it out there, but I, it did kind of line up because, like I said, he hasn't come out and rebuttaled this stuff. I mean, if someone said that I was asking. 22 and I wouldn't budge on 15 it was out there I think I'd come out and be like no they never even offered me a guarantee that's bullshit you know what I mean I think I would jump out there quick and have somebody say that and the fact that he's gone kind of quiet it is kind of a head scratcher now some people will say oh well he's worth 15 mil some people will say what are you crazy um but that may, to me, you're right. I, I think that lines up to where, and it, it also tells you how much that side was willing to make the fight, Lefty. Because how often do you hear a fighter who's been on paper three times and they haven't been successful, they haven't made money, and then all of a sudden you get a part of the revenue? Like they really, it seemed like that to me. That's running over backwards in this business. Yeah, I mean, and you you don't waste months and months and months with no plan B for your top one of your top fighters in your stable not trying to make a fight. Right. You know, this idea that you just you would sit up here and just go back and forth, back and forth, negotiate. You don't waste that type of time when you can easily make another fight if if you didn't want to make this fight. But if you know right. as your client tells you this is the fight I want, then you go full steam ahead and you should do your best to get this fight that you want for your client. I think that's a lot of things that people kind of don't understand or intentionally ignore about uh, Al Heyman, that Earl, that Earl Spence is his client. He has a fiduciary duty to get him the best deals possible, whereas uh, – so he can't just say, well, I'm not going to give my fighter this fight and make him fight this fight for less money. You can't do that. Right. I mean, that's literally yeah, illegal. Right, exactly. That's right. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, he – you know, Al uh, – they, they spread the rumors about him in the Ali Act. But, you know, people tried to sue him for the Ali Act, and we saw how that went with Goldham. So it's yeah. kind of like, huh, are you sure? Because did you did you see what happened in Discovery? You know, did you see how that case got thrown out? But, you know, of course, there won't be follow-up with that. And, and, and some of the – I mean, if you, you hear the judge say it, you know, they actually found more wrong with Golden Boy uh, contracts than Al Heyman contracts in that Discovery. You know, and yeah. that was barely and it, even reported. Yeah, and it's actually because the Ali Act is something that a, a, a fighter files against a promoter, not a promoter files against right. a manager. So that was, it, it was all back. And they couldn't find many I, fighters saying, I got a problem with Al Heyman. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I think it was just the way that he came in doing diff- business a totally different way. Because right. if you if you really look at the history of boxing, this is how bo- this is how boxing used to be done. There were no really fighters signed to promoters. It was always manager making managers manager. yep. making fights with the uh, with other fighters, and a promoter would promote the fight. So it was really a throwback to the way boxing was done before uh, 
uh, these promoters started signing big stables and, and, and things of that nature. Because if you go back and look at the Cigarette Leonard fight, a lot of Ali fights, they didn't work with the same promoter all the time. Right. And a lot of times, some yeah. of those at the top flight were, were free agents, too, and they just signed one to two fight deals, too. Not only that, but, you know, the manager percentage tells you who was in charge back then, right? The fact that it yeah. got over 30% kind of tells you exactly the way it was. Exactly. Because they did all the work. The promoters didn't do that much work. The promoters, you know, the, the promoters did the promoting work, but the, the managers did all the, you know, the deal work. Right. Yeah. Well, I I, I want to thank you for some, taking some time out. I know you're a busy guy. Um, do you have any like things you want to uh, tease for for upcoming stuff and chicken talk and whatnot, sir? Any any other items that you'd like to talk about? Uh, probably. Um, December 3rd, we're all trying to meet out in um, uh, uh, Arizona to go see Chocolate oh, fight. Right, Hopefully, yep. we're trying to get something together for that. And really just waiting on some, some fight news to break. Yeah. Some big-time yeah. fight news. We need a big fight. We yeah, got no Ryan versus it, Tank. Well, something. Give us something. All right, Lefty, you take it easy. Keep, uh, keep up the good work, man. You take it easy. All right, yeah, and thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Take it easy, man. Have a good day. All righty. Like he said, at Lazy Lefty OG Chicken Talk. Him and Jake do a great job on Saturdays. And it's it's a laid-back show. You know, they, they get a lot of information. They break news. They talk about future matchups and, and news that they heard and, and all that stuff. Um, one of these times, I got to actually raise my hand and start talking to Chicken Sometimes it just catches me when I'm doing stuff or grocery shopping or just doing stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, or putting something in the air and I'm just sitting back, you know, enjoying myself. But, yeah, I mean, before, you know, most of the time I'm in the ring first, you know. So I do want to we, – we talked about that a little bit. But, you know, I'll talk about the weekend in just a second. But, you know, like I said, there hasn't been pushback from what Idick said. Idick's, you know, report was there was three items that he wanted changed um, on the contract, and they changed those and sent it back. Uh, Dan Raphael, more people have reported that he has a contract for February 4th. Now, I totally get Crawford wanting to fight this year. I get it. I totally get that. But if you see, you know, if you hear from, you know, Blue Blood on that side, who has something to do with what's going on with this uh, Prime uh, app, streaming app. They had already, they reached out to him early. We're talking early, like I believe April, May-ish, somewhere in that range, um, at least by June. But but he, he was saying that, um, let me actually get the, some of these dates, because he, he said that they reached out to him, and he said, no, I'm focused on making this fight. Then he came back to him and you know it's just and there's rumors that they both I want to kind of get all the reports and rumors talked about a little bit more there is rumors um, that they both had a 10 million dollar guarantee and Crawford wanted more Um, War a Week Radio Network uh, that's Joseph Heron that's what he's behind and that's who was on the Boxing Source interview the theory is if Bud and Bomack knew of the opportunity of BLK Prime earlier this year, 
Were they using the negotiation with BBC and Showtime merely as a leverage to get eight-figure payday from a new streaming platform? And that could have been it, too. I mean, obviously he said, you know, I, like I said, I totally understand the fight stuff, you know? Now, just to give the detail of what Josh Heron said, who's been in the business for 20 years, like I said, I, I'm not saying it's 100% fact, but I'm just going through all these reports. He said that they were way far apart, not even at the eight and a half uh, and 15 million, that the first offer was a lowball offer by uh, Showtime, five million. And his, what he wanted was 22 million, right? So then he went to, you know, at some point he went to seven, seven and a half, eight and eight and a half. And that's where Showtime said eight and a half. And this is according to Joseph Heron. Um, on that boxing source, that's where he broke this news. Um, that he said that we're we're sta- you know uh, on the Crawford side, we're not going below 15 million guarantee. And on the Showtime Heyman side, they were saying eight and a half is our final number. And so that's how we got there. Like I said, if it was five million, of course he's not going to take five million. Um, and I get going over the top at the start too. I don't get $22 million if that's true. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Maybe maybe that's what Spence is making, $15 million, and he wanted the same. I have no clue. Okay, these are reports. We're talking it through. But that's the only way a non-guarantee would make sense because in that Coppinger article where he first broke the news about the net revenue and in, in, in taking a percentage of that, right, and how he wanted, you know, oversight or at least opening the books or, you know, being able to, you know, like look at the spending report, look at, you know, how much you're going to spend on the event. And there was even talks about, you know, him wanting to, uh, you know, have like you have to okay spending stuff with me. And, and you know, that that's not going to be the, the case, you know what I mean? To be honest with you, that's just not how the business works. Especially when, like I said, you haven't been in profitable pay-per-views. So that, you know what I mean? You you don't generally get two or three or four million dollars worth of fight uh, at the live gate. I believe it was what two point two or so, right around two million, a little above it, a little below. I think it was a little above it with with Porter. That was his biggest gate. I think his other biggest gate was like, don't quote me on this. I think one point six or one point five, one point four with Amir Khan. But so I don't know if that is a fact, right? But like I said, when you add it up, how many times have you heard a fight? Like I said last week, how many times have you heard two weeks ago, whatever, whenever that Coppinger report came out, how many times have you heard a, a fighter not getting an upfront guarantee? Especially he's a really good B-side to Spence too. You know, this fight's going to do numbers. I'm not saying it's going to do a mill easy or nothing like that, but it's going to do numbers and it has a chance to be profitable for sure. You know, for him to – he said he agreed to all the terms. So – and like I said, in that Coppinger report, the best way to describe that would have been, you know, they couldn't come to terms on a guarantee. And so that's why it went there. But he didn't say – you know, they didn't give us specifics or details about, you know, whether it was a really low offer or not. Like I said, $5 million is a low offer, no doubt, just like – 15 or 22 million is a high offer. I, I don't know. And I don't know if, if that's where they started. I don't know if they started at seven 
and when update and how to show things out. I have no clue. I'm just reporting on what's being reported from a variety of one source, that is. But then there's a variety of stuff that he had the contract. And it's like, well, if you agreed to all the terms and you had the contract, then why didn't you sign it? And on his side, a lot of people are kind of running with the, well, if he actually is getting $10 million, which we don't know. You know, there was a report out not long ago that Cambosis, George Cambosis, is getting sued by his uh, by a manager, Peter Kahn, and his trainer. And, you know, it was floated out there that he was getting a $10 million guarantee, and I believe it was even floated out there by Glazier that it was an eight in others that it was an eight million dollar guarantee just from Aust- or, you know from the Australian government, and so that's why this deal uh, was able to do. But now we know that that ten million wasn't true. So I'm not saying it's one hundred percent sure or not that he's getting a guarantee of ten mil, but it, it doesn't take long. The, the pay per view is forty dollars. You need to do two hundred and fifty thousand buys just to get to ten million, and from the sounds of it. You know, on Chicken Talk, talking to Blue Blood like they did Lefty and them, they, he said that we're not we're not looking. Lefty asked them if they want to be a loss leader, meaning they don't really care about it. They're they're specifically doing this just to get eyeballs on the app, which makes sense, you know. Um, and it's not a popular app, you know that type of thing just yet, right? Maybe it will be. Who knows? But I've heard people talk about his parent company and whatnot, and. I've seen people say they have a, a revenue of $6.6 million or something like that, you know, whatever. But the point is, if that, you know, the Blue Blood was saying that they're, they're willing to break even or lose just a little bit of money. They're not willing to lose tens of millions of dollars. If, just to get to 250000 buys off of $40, that's just to get to ten mil. That has nothing to do with the arena and the co- just the variety of costs. Uh, I mean, he had to pay his opponent. There, there's a lot of costs in this. So, and then you got to market the thing, you know. And maybe they do have this major investor. Maybe it is someone from their parent company. We don't know. We don't know, right? When a fight is in Saudi, you kind of know where it's coming from to an extent, right? You kind of know. Um, or Abu Dhabi, you, you kind of okay. Well, that's real money because it's proven. For a while, the Middle East big money wasn't proven. Now it is proven. Now they, they've done it you know, with a variety of sports, obviously. Look at gold. Um, but it, it does kind of sound like they didn't agree to terms. Um, and, and also, I want to say there was a multi-fight year or a multi-fight deal offered to him, too. Um, now I don't know if it was three. You know, if he wants to go up and fight at 154, he talked about facing Charlo then it would make sense to sign a multi-fight year, you know, deal. Now, there's also talk about him trying to be one of the lead promoters on this thing. So they do have a promoter listed now. Box Rec uh, came on. Box Rec Gray came on the show yesterday, and he was saying that, you know, it is listed now. They do have a promoter. Uh, So let's, you know, let's – Talk about that, um, but you know it's tough to say. We've seen Triller that has a major backing, major backing, and you know they've had fights fall through, you know, and they lost a lot of money uh, just not even having you know with the, the fight just yet. But 
expenses for holding and reserving, you know, a bunch of different stuff. So, and then you lose money in that purse bid thing a little bit too, right? Because you, you got to put down a down payment and whatnot. So, um, we'll see. There is talk that he may be one of the lead promoters. Does that mean he's putting up his own money? Is that what that means? Does, you know, does he think he can make 10 million off of this? Or, and by the way, it's bashboxing.com. That's the website to, to go check that out. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's tough to say. Like I said, I'm not the type to just run out and blame people. You know, it just, if you wanted, and maybe he's thinking, listen, shit, even if he can get these people to pay him three or five million dollars, let's say, let's say the 10 is not going to happen. Let's say three or five. And on top of the eight and a half or whatever the hell that number is, maybe he's thinking, I'll get this fight in. I'll get a camp in a fight. I'll be ready to go. Then I'll fight uh, Spence. And and that money I make there plus the guarantee they're willing to give me, or maybe he will take the risk and do the back end money. Maybe that's what's going through his mind. You know, a lot of people are saying he's, well, I got this $10 million guarantee. So if they're willing to give me 10 mil, then that's, that's my starting point there. And I fought, you know, Avenesian for 10 mil. So, if I fought him for this, then what? You know. Also, I want to say this: um, the March 18th has been reserved by TG Promotions. They are going to. It says right there. Uh, right, I'm looking at it. We'll promote a professional boxing event at the MGM Grand March 18th. Okay. Now we we heard about those dates prior, and that's the thing. That February 4th date. If you go to December 10th, it's eight weeks to February 4th. So he'd have a fight and then have to jump right back into camp and, and that type of thing. But if let's just let's just in theory say that let's just say in theory, okay? A lot of this stuff is reports, a lot of it's theory, whatever. That would be so. I said eight weeks from uh, December 10th to the February 4th, which was that date that they're talking about. So you add. The ninth week, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14 weeks would bring us to March 18th. Now, 14 weeks, you know, an extra six, what was that, six six weeks? That, um, you know, that is kind of interesting then all of a sudden. You know, you start to go, huh, would he call his bluff and say, all right, this is how you decided to tell us that you still want to fight this? Because in that, that's the thing. He says, you know, I wanted to make the fight more than Errol Spence, right? And they dragged their feet, so I'm going to fight this fight. And he told, he said, I told Spence and Heyman that I'm, I want to fight this year. But we know fights get pushed back. And, you know, if it was going to happen November 19th, that would be about a year out of the ring. What's an extra two months at that point? I understand people that are saying that, and I and I hear that. I do hear that. And let's be honest, you know, both about Spence and Thurman, Crawford has been quoted on saying, why do you need a tune-up? Why do you need a fight? You know, why do I have to wait for you to fight? So he's kind of contradicting himself. He said that to both. And plenty of people that are just blaming Heyman, Spence side, period, and they're just siding with Bud 100%. Those, some of those people – in the media and part-time media, actually picked Ugas to beat Spence. And I'm not, you know, I, I understand Spence was out of the ring for quite a while coming off of injury, you know, so I understand Ugas was a legit guy. 
it was for that third belt, you know, so it was going to create an undisputed there. Now, will there be an undisputed fight? Honestly, it is, let's see, I don't really know. I think that Stan Onius and Schaefer, rightfully so, they've already done step aside money. They were going to do another step aside money. It sounds like they were going to be in the co-feature, you know. If they push it six weeks back, would they be willing to still do that deal? Or, you know, they, they, they petitioned, obviously. You got the IBF, you got the WBA, because we know Boots petitioned to fight uh, Stan Aonius too. Um, Boots from the IBF tried to say, hey, enforce the bando or drop the belt. So, you know, Keith Thurman does sound like the most viable opponent because he's a great B-side. Right, he's been in a, a Pacquiao fight, which that did pretty good numbers. Um, he's been, you know, he's gotten a lot of uh, network TV exposure, and it's a fight that has some beef with it. So, would that be next? Great. If he's gonna fight Stanonius and then go to 54, then there's really no point to that fight. Like I said, I get why Stanonius wants to uh, get a title shot. Been in line, he worked his way up. He deserves it. That's what it is. But if you're just going to fight Stanonius and not Crawford, which I understand why he's not, then you might as well just move up to 54. Now, if you fight Thurman, and a lot of people would love to see him fight Boots. Now, has Boots beaten a lot better guys than Stanonius? I mean, neither of them, you know, Boots hasn't got a shot at the top guy, either has Stanonius. But he has been in, you know, um, he's had some matchups, too, that were good matchups. So, like I said, it's all about rankings. It's about working your way up. And so I get why both of those guys would be like, hey, I want to petition this sanctioning, whether it's IPF or WBA, because I want a fight. There's also, you know, talks of it was going to be Thurman and Stanonius, you know, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Now, I, I think that'll be the fight, Thurman and Stanonius, if, if Spence just goes up and wait. We know he's been talking about going to 54 for quite some time and that he wanted to have this fight. Now, maybe Thurman will be the last fight. Maybe, like I said, this extra six weeks gives uh, Crawford more time. And maybe they have talked behind the scenes now a little bit. And he's come back to him and say, hey, I want to sign the contract or I'm going to sign the contract, uh, blah, 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 blah. But he did kind of notify them publicly. He said, I'm going to get this fight out, then I'm going to, what did he say, fast or whatever. It just, like I said about Benavidez, you know, on, you know the, the, the news that of his opponent, it's the optics, right? You can't blame, you can't point fingers at Plant for calling, you know, once he has a fight signed, then calling him out, and then Plant is done with his fight, and then now you have a fight, but you were calling him out. You know, but then again, like I said, Benavides did say in May they're gonna they're gonna fight. He's been told that that's gonna be that fight as long as he gets back, you know, past the January fight. So, um, but it's the optics with Crawford. Like like I said, I totally understand. And about not wanting to have a year out of the ring. That's why I thought fighting Ugas for Spence would be better to let him get a fight back. He gets another belt, sets up undisputed. I was cool with that. I was cool with, you know, there were rumors that he was going to fight in June or July. 
He said that on plenty of platforms, actually. Uh, not Crawford, but, well, I think Crawford said it, but Bomack said it. So, I I heard Bomack say that on two different ones. One was uh, with Lefty and uh, on Chicken Talker. So, um, I just wish, if he was so hell-bent on it, why didn't he just take the damn fight then? That's the surprising part about all this. Um, and, you know, take it how you're going to take it. Um, I know a lot of people are dogging BLK Prime. You know, the first thing I saw was Scarface versus One-Eye Wolf, a Friday, you know, showdown. Like I said, it is for $40. Um, like March 12th, I saw this tweet that says, rumbling against the Iran or I, Iraqi assassin, it'll be an epic. Like, you're looking at some of these, you know, posters for fights, and you're like, wow, really? You know? I mean, the first time I saw their Twitter account, I know it's gotten a lot more, but I, I, I screenshotted it when it was 24 followers. Now, I know it's gone up since then. And, you know, like, instead of Brian, it's Brain, you know, and they pushed back uh, Brian's fight, not Brain. But, you know, so a lot of people are dogging him, and I, and I get it. Uh, by the way, it was Brian Norman Jr., and, and if you go to their page, it was Brain Norman Jr. Um, some people think he, he's going to be the next opponent. He's 22-0 with 19 KOs. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I, I You know, it, it's a head-scratcher. Um, you know, if you look at Letitia Crawford, she says, so I guess he was supposed to sit, away, sit and wait until motherfuckers stop playing. Nah, get your money, bro, then turn around and whoop his ass in February. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know. I really, I really don't know what to say about that. You know, it, it's tough to it's tough to say it. I mean, this is a recent. There, there was recent stuff from Crawford on boxing scene, of his quote saying, "Well, this is a big fight for not only myself but him too." Uh, an interview with Rico live. I feel this is the biggest fight of the decade. You got two American fighters that's undefeated to consider top five of the pound for pound list, both in their prime. What more can you ask? And he said, considering blah, 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 he said, hopefully soon, hopefully it, it happens soon. This is from a handful of, uh, you know, chunk of days ago or whatever. He said, you know, and this was from uh, October 17th. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, we have seen this before. When Tyson Fury was in a, a negotiation with uh, Wilder for the rematch, they got to the point where they agreed to terms and they sent the contract. Tyson Fury even admits to having the contract. Some time went by. I think he said they had it for like a week or two, and he decided to take an offer, and he signed a multi-fight deal, right? So we've seen this, and then not too long after here, rumblings of they are going to do the rematch. And I, and I even went back and, and started to do a little Google on it. You could even hear, you know, you could even see by March 2019, um, they were talking about it on the uh, on their side, saying, yeah, we're going to fight Wilder. In fact, here it is, March 2019, March 23rd, Tyson Fury second clash with Deontay Wilder set for February 2020. And as we know, what was it, February 22nd or something like that? So, and that's, that was Bob Aaron. That, that's what he said. 
know, he said, assuming Fury wins, uh, he'll have another appearance in the United States. That was in September. Then hopefully next year uh, we'll end up fighting Wilder. And, you know, you go back a little further and you see, you know, sometime in the summer, them saying, no, we've agreed to terms, you know, we're, 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 we're going to have this fight. And so by the time fall kicked in, you knew they both had fights, but you knew they were going to fight next. So is that ultimately how this is going to go down? Remember, he took a multi-fight deal to go over this to ESPN. And it's ESPN. It's not an app that no one's heard about. You know what I mean? So, And they don't have a bunch of opponents for him, per se. Now, maybe he's going to fight Adrian Brodo now that we heard that news. Maybe. Maybe that's what it, I don't know. But... Oh, and just a little follow-up. Someone came back at me with a tweet here. Yeah, uh, Rick Laser. This is he said. You know, eight million came from the Australian government. He's told. So the ten million um, number floated out there. You know, turned out to be incorrect. Um, it just is what it is. So um, I don't know. I, it it just it's kind of a it's it's it threw me for a, a loop. But maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe he just wants to get this fight. He feels like they're going to pay him a fair amount, and then we'll move on. Someone just sent me, this is from 2020. He said, well, that's a long time ago. Crawford on Spence fight, if it ain't 60-40 in my favor, it won't happen. Well, we know that's not what, well, we, I guess we don't 100% know. It also, Blue Blood, let it be known that it's not BOMAC. It's not BOMAC handling he has somebody else handling uh, his contract stuff during these negotiations. So, just so you know. Um, and, and this is uh, this is Rick Glazer saying um, that George Campbell, this is how he used it against, to, to criticize Al. All you need to know about Spence Al Heyman's lowball offer that Crawford is far from accepting, that George Campbell is guaranteed 10 mil um, from Bob Arum as he's thrown, oh yeah, Bob Arum as he's dethroned world champion for the rematch. Let that sink in. So that we hear a lot of numbers, but now we know from the lawsuit by Peter Kahn and, and the trainer Centennial, um, have you Centennial, that it was actually, I think after, was it after the uh, sanctioning fee? It was 3.8 million, his purse. And then from the ticket sales, it was uh, 430000 um, from ticket sales, his cut, and then 320000 from the pay-per-view revenue. So in total, a 4.5, after sanctioning fees, I believe, a $4.5-plus million dollar payday. But definitely not the $10 million that was put out there. So that, you know, and we've heard a lot of different stuff as far as guarantees and all that stuff but i can't really you know what i mean i can't these numbers we don't know we don't know these numbers for sure i mean that's just a fact so don't i'm not going to sit there and act like i know exactly what it is um you know as a boxing fan i really hope that they can get this stuff figured out i really hope that it is exactly what you know he said that i'm going to get this fight and then I'm going to go there, and then maybe that's why they maneuvered it to March 18th. You know, I hope that that's it. You know what I mean? But it, it's a hope. You know what I mean? I can't sit there and 
act like it's gonna it's a dependable thing uh, to rely on. Someone else sent me this clip about Terrence Crawford um, on a show, um, the Ock and Barack show. What he had to say there. Sprinting came to you with a 50-50 and said, "Come on, let's just make that fight." Obviously, you'll still fight, correct? Uh, I don't know to be honest. What? Why? Why is know. that? But because I'm past that. Because I'm past that. It's like I've been calling for them fight since I was at 140. If you go all the way back before I even became undisputed. Oops. Bloody way. So yeah, I mean. There, there is a lot of talking. If people have, there's a couple of people that they basically want me to show the or play the clip of what I was talking about, and that's cool too. I will. Boxing source, you know, that's where we're getting this clip from. Joseph Heron is the guy talking. He's the one who, uh, you know, is giving his information. Like I said, I'm not, I, I haven't followed his, you know, him as far as to know that he's an accurate guy when it comes to this stuff, I'll just be honest. Oops. I'll just be honest. Um, but when you, when you hear the non-guarantee stuff, it does, it seems like it, it, it adds up a little bit more on it. So, okay, here it is. It's run just like the music business. It's run just like the motion picture industry. Your level of talent doesn't, equate to how much your market value is. Just because you're one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in boxing, that does not mean that you're going to make the most money and that you're going to be able to ask for those kinds of dollars. Unless you can actually put put asses in seats and draw ratings and sell pay-per-view units like Canelo Alvarez, you have no business asking for that kind of money. And that's the last thing I'm going to say about it. Thank you for mentioning Canelo Alvarez. Lefty, you got something real quick? Here's Lefty. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask uh, Joseph, So, because some people had just joined it, I sent a link to, and they just wanted to clarify. So originally, Bud all asked for $22 million, and they got it down to 8 They met at 8 Nope, nope, they didn't even meet there. That's the whole purpose for the no-guaranteed negotiation, right, the deal, because they were so far apart. They originally started Showtime and Espinosa, the way I understand it, they started at five, then they went up to seven, then they went up to eight, then their final offer was 8.5, okay? Terrence Crawford wouldn't budge at 15. That's what it's So that, that's what he's saying, okay? Joseph Heron, um, War a Week Radio Network, in the boxing source, okay? So that, that is the interview, um, like I said, I don't know that to be 100% factual. I'm just reporting. We, we've talked about every report, basically, that's been out there. Um, a lot of people, I've, or not a lot of people, but I've seen people talk about, you know, um, the fact that he just had Glazier on his show, <laughs> right? Um, and it sounded like they were friends behind the scenes. And, and so, but this is very opposite of what, Glazer saying about it. So in one way, he's showing that him and Glazer sounds like they're friends. They did a show together because I think Glazer was filling in for someone that was, you know, missing on the show. So yeah, I, I, I'm being upfront about this. 
I mean, some people, I've had people that call in on a normal basis that I get shit for to have on the show that I don't always agree with. Uh, shit, even people will give me shit about, oh, Carcino. It's like, well, I know Carcino personally, you know, and we get on here and we, we have agreements, we have disagreements about certain fights, and that's what it is, you know. Over the years, I've had many people calling this show that people love them, people don't like them. People think, you know, they're over the top, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that, that's what it's all about. It is what it is. If you if you are, you know, having conversations, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, you know, but you don't necessarily agree with every take. That, that's just called living, you know. So, like I said, the fact that he had Glazier on the show, so we're supposed to say, okay, he had Glazier on the show, so screw him. He's not right. But then if he had Glazier on the show, why wouldn't he be – why would he be saying the opposite of what Glazier's saying? That's all I'm saying. And like I said, I'm not vouching for him, uh, Joseph Aaron. I don't, I don't follow his work enough. I know who he is, that's for sure. But I, I, I've never had the, you know, a behind-the-scenes engagement with them, talking to him or, or going back and forth with information or something like that. Or I just haven't had much interaction, let's put it that way. I mean, maybe on Twitter I just don't remember that. But it's not something that I have an ongoing – like I just followed you know, I, I mean, I could have not, I could have unfollowed him because he had Glazer on a while back and just said, ah, screw that. You know, who knows? I don't remember, to be honest with you, but I just like to get all the facts out there, okay? And uh, so, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't know this to be 100% true, but when you add it up, like I said, he never said we didn't ever get a contract sent or we didn't ever get a guarantee sent, right? Or the guarantee was bullshit. Well, obviously, he did think the guarantee was bullshit, you know. Uh, but he hasn't come out. There, there's been stuff said about him now, and he hasn't come out to debunk it. Now, maybe in the first press conference and interviews, he will and say they never even gave me. And the only offer they gave me was the non-guarantee revenue which that would be that's so odd. You like I said, the only one in recent times I can remember, as far as being on a with two pretty solid names inside of boxing with Kovalev and Ward. I do remember. I want to say it's the rematch that Kovalev totally got screwed on that deal. I do. I don't remember the exact details offhand, but I remember him getting screwed off that deal. You know, and like I said, in the in the article of Coppinger, when they were talking about it, he could have said – he could have listed you know, 10 different people that got upfront guarantees and listed the numbers and say this is very odd for them never you – know, how often does it happen in this type of fight that's going to do pay-per-view numbers um, that a fighter wouldn't get an upfront guarantee off? That seemed really left field to me, but that's the only thing that kind of makes sense to me. I'm just being honest. That he didn't like their upfront money, and, and so we decided to go a different route. Because like I said, his words is he agreed to all the terms. They were just taken too far. But then, so was the Coppinger stuff bullshit then? Because it, it sounds like it wasn't net revenue and all that and a percentage, right? It, it sounds like that wasn't, you know, it sounds like that was legit. So you agreed to terms. So why didn't you just sign the contract? Well, he didn't want to fight February 4th. 
without getting the fight in. Okay. I'm just going over the same stuff. So I'm going to stop. It just, you know, I don't know. Like I said, no one will really care too much if they fought March 18th. In the end, let's be honest, you know. But will this fight now happen at 154 in the future? Will Is that March 18th date for Wilder and Ruiz? Which it totally could be. Be a Vegas fight, you know. So maybe Spence is just going to take that February 4th date. He's, you know, and he's going to fight Thurman. I don't know, but obviously it's disappointing. Um, let's get back into the ring. Enough about that stuff. Um, there's not a ton to talk about. Two key things from that Golden Boy to Zone card: uh, Floyd Schofield. I think it was a left hook, but he, you know, he digs to the body, left hook. Uh, he tried to set up the right hand a lot. Um, that's what he likes to do. He likes to put his punches together for a young fighter. What is he, 12-0 now or something like that? He likes to go to the body, but I think it was a left hook that stunned him to, to the point where he knocked him out. So a good performance by Schofield. Let's see. He's got talent. I've seen other, you know, other fights where he wasn't as defensively responsible and he'd get hit coming in, but he's a prospect. So let's see how they move him, how quickly they're going to move him, how slow, you know, we'll see. But, he, hey, he took care of business. That left hook was nasty, looked pretty damn good. Floyd Schofield, I think 12 but oh now, something like that. Um, young prospect that a lot of people are high on. Golden Boy, I believe they signed him, right? I assume they signed him. And then uh, – Mauricio Lara, now obviously, you know, he's been trying to get a big fight, a, a rematch and whatnot. Um, Bronco, Mauricio Lara, you know, took took apart his opponent. Um, scored two knockdowns. The second one, it was it was finished. It was, it, it was after a flurry. It was a, a big, big right hand in the third round. It was a delayed reaction, one of those delayed reactions. Third round flurry, like I said, knocked it down again. It was over. He, uh, he Bronco just will just spend two rounds going to the body and then go up top. And, and he's just a fun fighter to watch. Um, there wasn't much in the fight itself, but like I said, the delayed reaction right hand is what really set it off. So hopefully Lara gets a big fight. Uh, love watching him. Um, so there was, you know, it, it, it had entertainment. There's some other fights. I'm not going to dig too deep into the to the fight. The show box, um, that's, there was a bit of a slobber knocker heavyweight fight uh, to, to start out the card, um, which was kind of fun. Um, it was uh, Elvis Garcia and Moses Johnson. Moses actually won uh, on two cards. One had a 76-76 draw. Two of them had 77-75. Um, body work by Johnson was 82 to 59, uh, Garcia 209 to 190. He he landed 40% of his shots overall in his power shots. He landed 45%. Some people thought he deserved the win or maybe it should have been a draw. Um, but it was like, you know, I mean, it was a pretty close fight the whole way through. Um, so I would I would have been fine with the draw. It wasn't like I just completely favored uh, one guy or the other to, to win it. Um, Garcia 
would be aggressive to throw his looping shots. He'd be on the attack. He also was doing a good job using angles, um, getting one shot off at a time, sometimes combinations, but going side to side around Johnson right in front of him, using angles. A lot of times it was just one shot at a time. Like I said, sometimes it was combinations, just roundhouse shots. But if you looked who got buzzed more than once, I think the late fourth round is one of them. Garcia was the one getting hurt more. So it was a fun back and forth fight. Um, but, you know, and, and then the co-feature, Marquise Taylor and, and Marlon uh, Harrington. Um, Harrington was just – I thought he won the first round. I thought Taylor was a little bit more active, and Harrington was kind of missing his shot. Um, the fight, once it got in the third and fourth round, it, it was starting to slow down a little bit. After four rounds, Taylor started to kind of pull away at that point using his jab right hand. Uh, either jab right hand or just lead right hand combinations to the body. He just outworked him to the head and body. And pretty much it was a wrap. I mean, 156 to 54 is about outscoring him. It wasn't much in that fight. Isaiah Steen and uh, Sena Egbeko. This was kind of an interesting fight, and it, they kind of were swaying back and forth. You saw Steen with his jab and movement win the first two rounds. Egbeko came back with the pressure, landing the heavier shot kind of won two rounds in the row. I thought Steen with the, some body work with, along with his jab at range bounced back nicely in, in the fourth and fifth, or the fifth and sixth, I should say. And I gave him the 7-2, but then Egbeko closed pretty well. The eighth round, uh, he was a little bit more efficient. Finished stronger, you know, in the ninth and tenth round for me. But 98-92 was one of the scorecards. That threw me off. 96-3, or 96-92, or 96-3, 97-93, I think it is, uh, was the other scorecard. I would have been fine with a draw, 5-4-1 in Beko, maybe 6-4, I don't know. Um, but it was an interesting fight. I'd say the opener was the best fight uh, when it comes to that. Um, so my schedule is kind of funky this week. That's why I did an afternoon show, so I don't expect too many people to there are people on if you want to press one and join in that's cool a lot of people just kind of sit back listen to the show doing their stuff during the day so a light weekend um who who was that i did see that fight they were calling uh that uh what's his name is it pody uh McCrory? McCrory? people were calling him the irish wilder <laughs> i know that i remember that um, I remember seeing that. Um, there was also Mattia was in a really good fight. Actually, on that undercard, that was a pretty good fight. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, what was, I think it was Pody or something like that. McCrory, something like that. I just remember them saying, you know, that he's uh, he, he they remind him. Um, as far as this weekend goes, we will get to a little bit more news, uh, fight, current fight news. Um, we do have, I mean, we've been talking about pay-per-views, whether they're, you know, on a bigger network, uh, like Showtime or Fox, or, uh, even ESPN did one with, uh, Wilder, not Wilder, but, uh, with, uh, Theory and White. And then we've had these smaller 
pay-per-views, too. We've had a bunch of those. And, and obviously, the, the Crawford Abanesian program, I think it's going to be on Fight TV, by the way, as well. But the suggested retail price is basically 60 bucks. So I was kind of hoping that would be – I heard rumors that it was going to be 30 So – and that, that actually is a great fight, though. So at least it's a, a legit main event. We've had like, you know, Ortiz and uh, Martin and, uh, you know, some, some other main events that it's like, like that Don King event and stuff like that, that, you know, it just, even the main event with Wilder Hellenius, we all know that's not something that is awesome for a main event, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. I really don't know. Uh, there's just a lot, a lot of, a lot of pay-per-views. It is what it is. Let's hope. You know, next year we don't see as many if they are they're small pay-per-views. And I get, like I said, I mean, there's not a ton of great main events. There's not that uh, just major, major it fight. The only one I'd say that in my mind is really that Chocolatito Estrada 3. Now, you can say um, Inoue and Butler because of the belts. You know, is a major fight. Um, you know, Zerto Ramirez is definitely, you know, stepping up against B-Ball. I, I really like that as a main event fight. I already mentioned the Progate Zapata. Um, McCaskill Cameron, that's that's a good fight. Um, we have Zapata Diaz, obviously, coming up. Um, Kyoguchi's fighting. Uh, to, oh, what the hell is his name? Jirachi. That's a good fight. Um, I mean, there, there's some good undercard fights, like for prospects and stuff like that out there. Um, like, I like the uh, Yoelvis Gomez and um, Rosario fight. Jason Rosario. I think that's a good step-up fight for a young, you know, guy that's trying to make himself a, a legit contender uh, at the weight. I think that's a good now, do I think the main event here at the Armory is good? No. You know, like I said, Showtime was having, at the time, the best year up until late July. Now, four main events in a row. Like I said, I have enjoyed some of the undercard fights. I'll give them credit for that. But if you look at, you know, Danny Garcia, Vitas, Figueroa Broner, um, what was, oh, Fundora, you know, the opponent there, it was an okay fight, but it, it doesn't, it's not really a championship main event boxing, right? So they have fallen apart a little bit there, or a lot main event-wise. You know, like I said, I think they had the best year last year. I think if you go back and look at it, they did. They were the network of the year. I thought they were on pace to do it again, but they fell off in late July, and they're, they're just – I mean, even that, you know – and we've seen, like I said, we have seen this with Showtime. They literally go pretty heavy from, like, March to August. And and sometimes they'll have a big fight, you know. I mean, they obviously had Canelo and Plant last year in the spring, or in the fall, excuse me. Um, but that they kind of do have a track record of not going hot and heavy to close. Maybe they'll have a big fight. We've seen that before, don't get me wrong. Um, and they had a good close to uh, – or at least on paper, some of the fights fell apart because of COVID. I remember the 2020 close was pretty good as well. But 
Gervonta and Leo Santa Cruz, and that Charlo card was really good. I think that was in September, October. But yeah, it kind of fell apart. You know that that I understand. Like this year was going so good. We always talked about from August to July, it was awesome. And then by the by the time end of July started coming in, mid to late July, that's when it started to fall on its face. But and like I said, the only people ESPN's been popping off of late. You know, to get the Joyce Parker, even, you know, the Haney Cambosa is obviously a legit fight, even if you didn't want to see the rematch, that's fine. But that doubleheader, ESPN Plus, too, I mean, in general, ESPN Plus, like that, that's been big, you know. Um, we got that doubleheader over there from Sky Sports, that women's doubleheader, that was a great matchup. So they've done really good, and then now ESPN is kind of, if you look at their main events, it's kind of like, mm, whatever. I mean, Loma's back. Teofito's fighting Pedraza. That's not a big matchup. It's not a bad matchup, but it wouldn't be something that I think is an awesome matchup, you know? I kind of went over some of the main events that I think left that are more of the hardcore, fairly, what's going to get any kind of cash in the fan base, per se. Now, I will say this. They do have the Heisman Candidate Trophy, you know, show, announcement, trophy celebration thing before it, so that that should get a good rating. ESPN usually gets a, a, a healthy rating because of that lead-in. So, um, and Pedraza is more known than, you know, the guy that we all thought in Barbosa he was going to fight. So I get what I'm not trying to rip him to death. I would have, like a, they haven't fought, so it is a fresh fight. But Pedraza, I mean, God bless him. You know, the guy, you know, fought a lot of guys, but. And it's nice that Tiafimo's staying active, right? But Barboza is just an undefeated guy that's kind of an interesting fight that people were kind of looking forward to more than Pedraza. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, and it is what it is. By the way, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Adobe Radio um, podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Adobe Radio. You don't have to go to blog talk and rope it open download the show there directly or listen to the browser you can find this here platform rope it Dope radio on apple podcast iHeartRadio, radio player fm spricker stitcher tune in google podcast amazon music and a host of other platforms while you're at it why don't you head on over to the grueling and one more thing if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you're having you're not quite happy i got something for you it's called direct direct tv stream uh, for a limited time only, the prices start as low as forty nine ninety nine for two months. Decide to go with the Choice or Ultimate package. That gives you three free months of Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, and Epics. That's a savings of $160. Direct TV Stream is the best of live TV and on-demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. Regional sports networks available. And they still have that Showtime Direct TV Stream deal, by the way, even though Showtime boxes. And be, to be honest, the zone hasn't been that good either, but it does seem like they have the strongest end to the year. I think that's pretty much, you know, you can't really fight that one, right? I mean, you can be anti whoever you want, but they have the best uh, close to the year. Uh, just, just looking at it, obviously. Um, so let's get into this. Loma versus Ortiz. Um you know, we all know that they are, you know, setting up a fight. At least that's what we think. You know, Vasily Lomachenko, Devin Haney, it's 
sounds like Haney's going to stay at 135 for at least another fight. Uh, Jermaine Ortiz is an inexperienced guy, you know, um, but he's a good fighter. You know, he's, he shouldn't be looked down upon. Um, some people are, you know, really against this fight or whatever, but, you know, it, he has been out of the ring for a little while now. Well, you know, it'll be a Last. Actually, it was that same date. Uh, the Heisman, the Heisman candidate, uh, or not the Heisman candidate, but the trophy ceremony. It was against Richard Comey. That's right. So he's been out of the ring for a while. He wanted to get a fight in, and so we kind of knew that this was going to happen. Now Ortiz is an unbeaten prospect. He does have a draw with uh, Adorno. That's that was his big step up fight at the time. Um. Then, you know, he's won back-to-back decision once against uh, Albright. What is it, Nahir Albright? And then recently, back in, I'm going to say May? May or June? I think it was May. Uh, Jamal Heron, um, you know, he, 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 he soundly defeated him, you know? And you could say, well, Herring's not in his prime. Um, it was a competitive fight. He, he had to work for it. Jamal just didn't, or Jamal, excuse me. Sorry, he didn't just roll over or anything like that. Um, but, you know, he's got some solid wins. So he's definitely in the contender range. He's not, um, you know, whether people have him in their top ten or not, it is what it is, you know. Um, so, I, you know, I do think, obviously, you know, it's not really a crazy thing to think that Lomachenko is going to win the fight. He's a, he's a heavy favorite. Um I think the lowest you can find him, I'm looking at it right now, is plus 700 Ortiz as an underdog, 7 to 1. Otherwise, he's all the way up to plus 1,300, plus 1,100. Um, Taylor fights um, Kabaha. Um, that's, a, that's a fight that I think she'll win pretty cleanly. I don't think that'll be a, a, you know, a, a, a major challenge, per se. Um Do, do, do. What else we got? We got uh, Scottney is taking on Romario. She's the somewhat heavy favorite. Not heavy favorite, actually. More like a two, two and a half to one or something like that. Um, so, yeah, like I said, if you look at – so I think he'll win. I mean, that, that's what I, I think Loma's going to win this fight. I think he'll outclass him. Hopefully Ortiz makes a good account for himself, which I think he will. Um, but I, I favor Loma in that. Um like I said, hopefully one of these fights, like hopefully this fight is more competitive than we think, just from a boxing fan perspective. Um, now, Joseph Diaz Jr. and William Zapata, Zapata, Zapata. Um, now this is a close fight. Zapata is a slight favorite. You could get JoJo for plus 160, plus 137, plus 40 plus 135 for DraftKings. This is an interesting fight because, like I said, it is kind of do or die in many ways for Joseph Diaz Jr., you know. Um, and he's, you know, his at featherweight and even 130, it kind of felt like those were, you know, a little bit better weights for him, to be honest. Um, as far like he never had a ton of power, he has had inconsistency at times as we know um he had a little weight issue against uh rock him off 
That was a dry, didn't fight his best, and that was coming off. Put in a good performance, especially at times, in the you know enough to win some maybe three, four rounds. Some people had it more seven to five, whatever, eight to four, you know, nine to three against Russell. That was quite a while ago. That was his first big, big step up. Um, but, you know, he, he came back and beat Fortuna, um, you know, after taking, you know, that – well, he didn't take the loss. It was a draw. But then, you know, he got pretty – you know, he got beat pretty cleanly, that's for sure, against Devin Haney. Now, he did land several left, in a, left hooks in a row and, and gave something to think about with Haney at times. But, like I said, he spots some talented guys. This, he needs this win. You know, he definitely needs this. 26-0, 23 KOs. His first time he went the distance in a long time. Um, so other than that, what was it? Well, he had gone 10 rounds a long time ago. I remember that. I should look that up. I think he had gone 10 rounds with somebody. Um, well, obviously, you know, he went, I think it was 10 rounds. Maybe it was 8 rounds. Let me double check. He has 23 knockouts, 26. So he's been 10 rounds twice. That's what it is. Yeah, he did go 10 rounds. Jesus Acosta. So, but when you look at his resume, you know, there's there's not a whole lot there as far as top-level guys. Uh, he did beat uh, Hector uh, Tanare, or Tanara. Um, you know, he stopped him in the sixth round. He was unbeaten. That was a big win. Now, in this last fight against Alvarado, it was a fairly competitive fight, and he definitely showed he can get hit, you know. He's kind of a big guy, 5'9", got a decent-sized reach for the for the weight class. Um, he's definitely got a reach, you know, on uh, Diaz, that's for sure. Actually, let me double-check that. 69 and a half reach compared to Diaz, who actually has short arms and speed. He's going to want to get on the inside, too. Diaz loves to go on the inside, but Zapata, I, that's why I really think this lines up is just a fun-ass fight. This will be the best fighter he faced, um, Zapata. Zapata. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I'm back and forth on this. I really am. Um, part of me thinks that we're going to see a bounce-back performance by Diaz going to go to the body. He's going to use his left hook. He's going to use his jab. He's going to tighten that gap and kind of take it to the, the quote-unquote powerful bully. I mean, sometimes to get on the inside, that takes away the bully or the powerful shot because you can't, can't get him on the end of his shot and you give him something to think about. But like I said, if you like Diaz, and, and I think a plus 160, plus 135, I think he's a live guy in that. I really do. Um it's not like Diaz is an old guy, right? Because he's not, but he, you know, he's been fighting some quality fighters. Like I said, he's due for a big win. He needs this big win. I saw Pro Boxing Odds opened at minus one twenty both. Someone uh, tweeted me, but now it's you know a little bit different, obviously. I just don't bet a lot. I didn't know that day. It took a while there. This is uh, here's a tweet. Pretty wild that we got a dude with an active pedophile case fighting this weekend and no one is, A, talking about the fight, 
Pete bringing up the fact that he was sending dick pics to underage girls, allegedly. Um, that comes from the Sunday Puncher. Um, I don't know exactly what the outcome is going to be there, but it doesn't sound good. So when you start to hear this outside the ring, you start to hear weight issues. You start to hear just issues in general outside the ring. You don't know if someone's going to be 100% focused in camp and what they're going to give you in the ring. He's fully capable of this. That we do know. But it's, it, it, I hate to say it's 100% do or die. As far as like him wanting to, you know, get big fights. Like I said, I, I do kind of wish he, he would have stayed at 130. I think he's got more pop there. I don't think he has. Now, don't get me wrong. He did buzz somewhat in, in with his left hook Haney, um, and he did repeatedly get his shots off. So I got to admit, on a Tuesday afternoon, I kind of want to see him on the scale. I don't know. I kind of want to see where his head's at, even in the press conference then talking. Sometimes that can be bad, or, or is he fully focused? Or So I'm stuck on this one. I'm on the fence. I'm going to pick, just because it's Tuesday afternoon, like I said, I may go back on this, I'll be honest, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a slight upset in Joseph Diaz Jr. that he's motivated, he realizes the spot he's in, and let's be honest, Zapata, he's not that experienced. He beat a prospect. He beat a solid old older veteran. But I'm going to go with a minor, minor upset, which I don't think is a, a major upset. <laughs> I'm calling it minor for, for a reason. And I'm going to pick him. Now, as far as Jake Paul, Anderson Silva, and by the way, I, this is one of the tighter. Right now, Silva is a plus. I think the highest you can get him is a plus 145. Plus 150 at Betway. This is Pro Boxing Odds. It's a great website to go check out. You can get a variety of, whether it's DraftKings or, you know, wherever. Bet365, uh, BetMGM, FanDuel. They got a variety of, uh, you know, looks on this one. But um, I know that Jake Paul was a slight underdog. When the, you know, I kind of think a plus 150 is definitely worth it for Silva. You know, the age thing with Silva does kind of frighten you a little bit, right? He, you know, now this isn't a 12-round fight, right? It, it definitely isn't. So, I don't know. I, you know, seeing, I don't, obviously you don't look much into the Tito Ortiz fight, right? From a, was that already a year ago? But another fight that happened a year ago was Chavez Jr., and it was an eight-rounder. And now Chavez Jr. didn't look to be in great shape and all that, but that at least helps fighting a pro fighter who's going to come at you, yada, yada, yada. And, and like I said, the age, I mean, a 78-inch reach, you know, and obviously, you know, he's, he's pretty tall. He's got some reach on it, 76 reach. So compared to 78, that's two inches. You know, I do look for Anderson Silva, you know, to be on the outside. 
you know, for a lot of this fight until he gets, you know, whether he's measuring up, whether he's, you know, trying to, uh, well, that's it, measure, <laughs> trying to, trying to bait him in to do something stupid and overcommit. And, you know, there were, in the first fight, when he actually stepped up and fight someone pretty damn good, uh, I'm talking about, you know, of course, um, decent. I mean, someone good, I guess, relatively speaking, is what I'm talking about. But Woodley is what I was really talking about, Woodley. You know, that was at least someone that had a somewhat background in striking, you know. Um, that fight was close. That fight was close, the first fight, and even the second fight to an extent, but especially the first fight. And, you know, if Woodley can fight him pretty close, why can't Silva, you know? I, I think Silva as an underdog is a good, like a good take here. Um, I don't know. He may have bitten off more than he could chew. Now, can he be locked in for the whole eight rounds? Is he going to get tired because he's old and stuff like that? A lot of people say, oh, he's so past it. And he is past his prime. There's no doubt about it. He's 47 years old, you know. But he, I just think some of the stuff he could do on the outside, it may cause him some issues. It really may cause him some issues. I mean, I'm, I really don't know. Um, but once again, Paul's been focused on and training on boxing longer of late. Let's put it that way. He had a thing about Silva is, you know, his exit, you know, out of the uh, UFC was pretty rough. You know, when you're fighting older, you know, as an older fighter, you know, shit happens, right? You, you, you go out and it's not, you know, he, he, he did go out with, a, you know, a lot of losses, you know what I mean? So, you know, it is what it is. You know, it, it's different. Did I watch all those fights? I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I, I lost all those fights. You know what I mean? Or I watched all those fights, all the times he lost and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, the last, I know that last two, he at least got stopped in the fight, right? And then there was some before that, too, but I think those were a while back. If you look at October, Hall uh, stopped him, KO, TKO, um, in the fourth. Now, one of them is, one of, is a whole different ballgame, right, than punching. But, you know, I don't know. I just think, I think the age does kind of come up here. And we're going to see, you know, putting your punches together, setting them up, Showing, I, I'll say this, I did like the improvements from Jake Paul in the second Woodley fight. I did like some of the improvements. He's got a decent jab. And like I said, of late, the last few years, he's been sparring real boxers. So that does play out. So the thing is, if he doesn't knock out Jake Paul, how many people really think that's, you know, how many people think he's actually going to get that, you know, how many people think he's actually going to get the decision? That plays into it too, you know? So, I don't know, man. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I favor Jake Paul. If he doesn't get knocked out, I, I think he, you know, I think he, he can win the fight. But I see Silva, especially early to mid, probably going to want to pace himself. But his, he's just so natural in the, the flow of him, it, it, the transition from offense to defense, the head movement. Now, we even saw Roy Jones' head movement because a lot of people, like I said, a decade ago plus, people were calling for Silva and Roy Jones. And a lot of it was because, you know, Silva was a big name at that time, still a big name, but he was in his prime and he was – a lot of people compared his style stand-up in the UFC with the hands down, countering, showing, just making it some of the, some of these guys look like fools, right? And we're going to see how he can land punches and counter and even walk Jake Paul into clean punching counters. Now, I definitely think that, but – can he stay sharp for the whole fight in moving, you know, just off of natural reflexes? Because, like I said, once Roy Jones got into his 40s and higher up, then all of a sudden you could see the reflexes went. And although beating Chavez Jr. seems like, man, had he beaten like a, not even prime, but a, just a more focused uh, Chavez Jr., it would make me be a lot more confident that Silva's going to win the fight. I got to admit, I probably will put some money on this, on the underdog. Um, ability, um, the accuracy when he does it. He's a good, he's an interesting fighter, but if you don't have good defense and it's all about, you know, reactionary time, at 47, I wonder, you know? And at least he spot a guy that is going to come forward in Chavez that has for a long time, whereas Jake can't say that. Now, like I said, Chavez Jr., what kind of shape was he in? Just watching that fight, yeah, he didn't, didn't look good. Didn't look good in that Jacobs fight either, right? But it is what it is. So I'm going to pick, put money on Silva, but can he, will he knock him out? I don't know. I do think it's more of a pick-up fight, though, and I think the odds kind of show that. But I think I'm going to put some money on Silva. I don't know. I'm kind of stuck on who's going to win, but I, fuck it. I'll just go. I'll just go the underdog. How's that? I'm going to. I'm going to pick Ortiz over Loma. Just all underdogs. I'm just kidding. That would be a giant underdog. This is a terrible underdog. I'm barely picking the underdog. Um. So yeah, let's just kind of uh, finish it off with some uh, fight news, and then we'll get out of here. Um. Actually, I think Probox has a fight coming up. Um. Brian Chevalier and uh, Cesar Juarez, I believe, on Pro Box TV. I think that's from Puerto Rico. I want to say that it's Thursday night. Maybe it's tomorrow? I think it's Thursday night. Yeah, almost positive it's Thursday night. Um, and that's only $2 a month. Just a heads up. Um, this was kind of – so we heard, we heard a variety of stuff about Usyk wanting Wilder and both kind of putting pressure on each other because he wanted to fight sometime in February or March, you know, in Saudi or whatever. Well, it sounds like, according to Coppinger and others, that Usyk and Fury um, are reportedly uh, being eyed for a March uh, fight. And the, the talks are ongoing for Saudi Arabia. And uh, we did hear that, you know, from some others as well. Um, Bob Aram said even had you know a point where he was like I, 
you know, it does sound like I always kind of thought that was going to be the case. And I thought they were kind of both just kind of using each other. That's what it always kind of felt like to me. Aram, there's a report on boxes uh, on Sunday that Aram, you know, is going to meet with the sick manager and discuss the showdown. So I would anticipate that fight happening, especially if it's March, that gives you plenty of time. Um, but there, there is kind of some funny stuff as far as Usyk. I mean, Usyk said he was going to go to the Wilder fight. Turned out he didn't. It's not ducking Wilder if he goes and fights. I mean, he even said that after I get rid of Tyson Fury, then we're going to go talk to Deontay Wilder. He said that's a setback. Um, I don't think it's ducking Wilder if he goes. And, I think he was just making sure, you know, keeping his options open and putting the pressure on saying, hey, I told you I didn't want to fight this year, but I'm going to – I'm still down to get that big money fight uh, in Saudi. So, by the way, according to Frank Warren, um, the Fury Chisora trilogy has sold over 50,000 tickets already, which if you look at the temperature, what it probably wouldn't be, that's exactly what it probably would be. Very, that's awesome, <laughs> if, you're, if you're being honest. I'm not crazy about the fight. It is what it is. But I don't know. It is funny, though. Warren, there's a quote someone sent me this. Jasura, this is what he said about Jasura. Jasura should retire. End of story. Uh, Warren then dismissed the out of out of hand notion that the WBC champion Fury would entertain fighting Jasura. The only way Tyson fights Jasura again is if we are struggling for an opponent, or if Tyson insisted on it. Jasura should retire. He shouldn't be allowed anywhere near the ring, let alone with Tyson. I don't know when that quote was. I do remember. There was some, you know, Usyk kind of joked about he didn't want to fight Joe Joyce because did you look, you know, have you seen him? He's he's hitting hard and stuff like that. And some people kind of took that as, you know, he's going to duck um, Joyce if that fight ever came up. And, and, and like I said, I mean, would you rather fight? Basically, he, this is what Usyk this is Usyk. He said, Joe, Joyce's team made an, uh, us an offer. The offer was unsuitable, so we made more uh, viable counteroffer. Joyce shouldn't think too much of himself and fall in line with everyone else. I'll be the one making the final decision. Now, this is from March 17, 2021. And then there was this report that Usyk, that, that his team, said it's a 93 to 7 person split to fight uh, Joe Joyce. So demanding 93%. I don't know if that's a true thing or not, um, but if he wants to fight Fury and that fight happens, you kind of got to take all that ducking away. Now, if he fought some random dude, that'd be different, right? On the DAZN Boxing Show, Eddie Hearn has declared that Anthony Joshua next fight could be a rematch with Dillian White in January. Or February, uh, Hearn said he thinks White is probably the front runner. Um, if he beats Otto Wallen, was also an option supposedly. Um, so someone sent me this, and I and I did hear about this. This is the zone. So the zone implemented their terms and conditions have changed a little bit. This is kind of wild. 
thank you for being a, a valued DAZN subscriber. We hope you enjoyed our live sports, original contact. We're reaching out to you to inform you that we've made changes to our terms and conditions. This includes a new 30-day notice cancellation policy for direct subscribers. An update to our a new 30-day notice cancellation policy. That's crazy. I didn't get that email. I, I must have missed it. I must have missed it. Now, Spence did have some quotes by the way, from Kelvin Watkins, a local sports day, Dallas, Fort Worth. Uh, he said, um, do, 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 do. Spence Cropper could, he said, this is his tweet, Spence Cropper could fight in the spring of 2020, and we'll see who's holding up the fight. Everybody's seen now who's holding up the fight. He said he had this, I guess he had this fight in his back pocket. It has been reported that nobody really knew except, you know, Black Prime, BLK Prime, and people there, Blue Blood and whatnot. Terrence Crawford, he also said, uh, more arrows Spence and Crawford bypassing him with the new decks. He said, I got to talk to my manager, but I already told them at this, I'm at this way too long. I might move up. I don't know. I might move up. Um, and we knew this was probably going to be his last. And and I'm not going to act like I know, oh, here's Ortiz's manager. You could have charged $80 for pay-per-view and just made Virgil Ortiz a $5 million offer with 5 bucks per pay-per-view. <laughs> um, and that's the thing about the Crawford thing. It's like it's not like he signed with the Zone or signed with ESPN, a multi-fight deal. Then at least it's like, oh, okay. They gave him the money he was looking for. Kind of like the rematch with Wilder and Fury. You know, they negotiated, they set the contract, and uh, he decided to go with another deal, which was lucrative, you know. And then they went, they ended up fighting. Like I said, they communicated it, and maybe this is Cropper's way of communicating to them, just in public, not behind closed doors. He's just like, screw it, this is what I'm going to do. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's, 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 it's strange that you just didn't take the tune-up. But I've already kind of gone over this. I'm getting some messages to address this stuff. I already went over it at the beginning of the show. I really don't want to, um, you know, go over it. This is uh, Ortiz's manager. Again, he said, whoever's promoting Crawford, uh, the Crawford fight is going to lose $8 million for rights to the Spence. It's going to lose $8 million for rights to the Spence fight late next year to hopefully make $16 million. Talk about high stakes gambling. Um, like I said, I, I don't think that they can do 250,000 buys. That's not like going out on a limb, you know? Um, but the transparency stuff, um, it sounds like Bud agreed to terms and then just, just didn't sign the, the contract. So, like I said, what is everything accurate in Coppinger's stuff? If so, he did say he agreed to turn. Can revisit it. Now, will it be later next year? By the way, Boots Ennis said new fight date. And he had like a little purple devil, a lock, and a quiet emoji. Shh. New fight date. Interesting. Um, according to Sports Illustrated, Manix, this is kind of a funny, funny picture. 
Dante Davis, Ryan Garcia have reportedly now agreed to framework up a deal for a 136 catch weight targeted for January in Las Vegas. And as we know, the obstacle that needs to be resolved is for years to come. A BOK prime spokes uh, or a prime spokesperson said. Everyone was concerned about the other fight with Errol Spence. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. David Avanesian is a formal opponent, European champion. We're excited. December 10th in Omaha. And, you know, I'm sure the tickets will do good in Omaha. He usually does good numbers. Um, but obviously, you know, when you start to look at the brass tacks of it, you know, how much, how big of a gate can you actually get there as far as revenue? And then, like I said, the 250 million or 250,000 buys is not going to happen. And remember, I mean, this is a quote from Crawford. This is from Boxing Scene, but it, he said this. He said, so many people, because remember when the ESPN Plus app, that's the only place, much like the UFC, was the only place you could find Porter in, in Crawford Porter fight? This is what he said. He said, so many people told me they don't know how to get the app, ESPN app. They didn't buy the fight because of that. Well, if they didn't know how to get ESPN Plus that has like, I think like 12 million subscribers here, and it's in that Disney bundle, it's just weird. You know, and like I said, there's certain things he said about Thurman, if we're being honest. You know, he said stuff about Thurman and Spence about why they got to take a tune-up, why they got to fight. Keith Thurman, this is what he said about the asking price, too. Keith Thurman, you're funny, making it seem like you wanted a real fight with the king, knowing you wasn't going to get no damn $10 million. Um, Whenever you're ready for the real, I'll be here to smash your ass. Now, Thurman did deny that he asked for $10 million, Okay, so, but here's another quote, um, and this is from the Porter Way podcast. You know, he says, why do I have to wait so long? He says, basically, Thurman's lack of confidence. Um, Thurman wants to wait eight months before he's ready to fight him, meaning he wanted to fight Barrios and then fight him. That just shows you that he doesn't believe in himself like he needs to. That was talking about a tune-up, you know, similar stuff about Spence. So, and, you know, Jake Donovan was also saying that in early October, Crawford uh, starting um, contacting other fighters to make the fight. And we heard, you know, a while back that, oh, here – yeah, basically that, you know, that he was in contact, whether it was April or May, with the people that he's going to do this fight with, and and he told him, nah, I'm good, thanks for the offer, but I'm going to go do this fight. Well, that's where it, it just, it's just a head scratcher. Um, according to Jake Donovan from a few days ago, WBA issued final notice for Wood to provide medical reports, still on the hook for the Santa Cruz clash so it's a basically a reminder warning to say hey uh you have to show us that you're hurt um because he was scheduled to fight the guy we talked about earlier mauricio lara september 24th uh but had to be he had to suspend his fight due to an injury in one of his biceps um a situation that was reported by international press so he has to basically set it but here it is. Uh, this is Lefty. Lazy Lefty OG said the company Blue Blood is associated. Uh, he reached out in the spring, of, in the spring 2020, and 
That's when the offer was to bust. Um, so the negotiations started in the spring, or maybe, you know, April, May, maybe June. The negotiations started as far as, you know, with spent, so it got quiet. Um, but sometime within the last couple months, this is what Blue Blood said, who's involved with it. Um, in, the, in the past couple months, he was being a little vague with the exact date. Bud reached back out to them to make this December fight. This is according to Blue Blood. So he was definitely, you know, and, and they even admitted that Avenesian wasn't his first you know, and um, so we'll see. We'll see where this this whole thing goes. This is from Richard Schaefer telling ESPN, you know, about the Stanonius Spence fight. He said he was open to work out a deal to step aside in order for the Spence Crawford to fight happen, and uh, but now he intends to enforce the official mandatory position for the WBA title. And maybe the IBF, the WBA you know, will agree, come together on one, whether that's, you know, and also, like I said, Ortiz, Virgil Ortiz, their people, now they're, they're, they're trying to get it with Stanonius. We've heard rumors that Thurman and Stanonius can fight. Who knows? This is Dan Raphael, per source involved. This is from a few days ago. The date Spence Crawford's, should they finalize the contract that is now in Crawford's hand, is February 4th in Vegas. And this is just a couple hours before that news came out, and Eidick, you know, was there too. But this is a quote. Once I, I'm successful against David Avenesian, this is Crawford, my plan is still the same. Whoop Errol Spence's ass. Uh, Eddie Hearn has said he – this is Fight Hub TV – said he wants to reschedule Lee Wood and Mauricio Lara, despite the W. Hearn added that he hopes to match the winner of Wood and Lara with jo- Josh Warrington if he beats – Luis Alberto Lopez. Uh, he's just going to drop the belt then? I mean, that's just weird. That's really fucking weird. Um, is that about it? Did I say the retail price for, is 60 bucks for Zapata Progre? I think I did. Um, I think that's about it for news. Oh, yeah. That's... Someone sent me Anthony Joshua will not return this year and make the fight. Let's see what happens. That's our, we already know that. We've talked about that. This is actually from Brian Norman. He said, BLK was supposed to do their first show with my son um, in September. The show has been pushed back four times. It ain't happening. This one ain't happening either. No opponent, no promotion. Like I said, I don't know if they have an investor. I don't know if it's the parent, you know, thing, the parent company, you know, no clue. I I have heard like this tweet, Dan, could you, could this be a strategic, strategic move on behalf of team bud in the sense of when they renegotiate with team Spence, they can use their leverage earnings. uh, They can use their last earnings as leverage of getting a bigger piece of the pie. I mean, that, that could be what he's going for, right? But if the event doesn't make – doesn't draw a lot of pay-per-views, which it won't, then you're, you're actually ruining your leverage. Um, this is a tweet. So you felt a way about fighting on an ESPN app, but now you're cool with fighting on an app nobody heard of. Got it. Makes perfect sense. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. You know, I really don't know what's going on. 
see. We'll see. I'm not going to sit there and dog this company. Now now they're signing Broner, you know, so maybe the parent company, you know, which has money, is going to – I have no clue where the money's coming from. And I'm not going to – like we said earlier, I'm not going to say Daniel Kinahan either because that's bullshit too. I don't know that to be a fact, but I'm not going to – being that I don't know where the money's coming from, I'm not just going to blame it on Kinahan like a lot of people are on Twitter do, which is bullshit. And uh, you're basically incriminating everybody involved with it. You know, I don't think you – you know, Porter even said it that that Crawford's a stubborn dude. He, his words are he's probably the most stubborn dude in boxing. And when you hear stuff like if it's not 60-40 – I'm not doing it, or it has to be 50-50, or I don't need Spence, I'm over it. You hear him on the Rock saying, hey, they offered you a 50-50, would you take it? He said, I don't know, I'm past that. Now, I understand the other side of it, that Spence delayed it because, you know, he didn't want to fight him until he got all the belts, and he delayed it. He wanted to make a bunch of money. Um, I mean, I've always said the Crawford side, when he was with top rank, wanted to fight Spence because it's going to do great for his name, and if he gets a win, then he can one by one fight them, uh, have the PBC guys come over like Porter did. So it goes both ways. I mean, the one thing I'll – you could say that that's a weakness that Spence wanted to fight all the guys on his street and then do it. That's fine if you think that's a weakness. That's, that's cool. I think that's tough. But at least he said it right to his face in Bob Aaron's face. I'll always say that. So you know, he said it direct. A little different. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Like I said, Zapata and, and Diaz should pop off. Hopefully we just get, you know, some of these fights to pop off here. We need some great fights to close the year. We're not going to get one announced. Hopefully we start fresh next year with a healthy, healthy schedule. Like it sounds like it's going to happen. It does seem like Showtime's going to release. Would it be a winter slash, you know, that would it be from like January till May or June, sometimes they've done that. <clears throat> sometimes they'll do it in the spring. Sometimes they'll do it at the top of the year. Um, you know, I have heard a lot of different uh, news items as far as undercard fights. And, and, and this is basically finalized. And this date's getting finalized. And um, Showtime does like to, the PBC do like to keep things quiet and then drop a big schedule. People were kind of anticipating a, a fall, early winter schedule like that for obvious reasons. It is what it is. It sucks. You know, we don't have the, the marquee fight. You know, I mean, a lot of people are just bummed because, the, you know, they believe Joshua and Fury was going to happen. They thought, hey, we, we're going to get Spence and Crawford. Um, and then obviously, Gervonta and Ryan Garcia is another fight. There's, there's, there's even more fights than that that people want to see. Um, so let's hope these fights happen. But I, I really don't know. Um, I'm not here to play the blame game left and right and jump on the bandwagon of a certain fighter or a certain platform and all that stuff. I've been steadfast in not doing that. Um, a lot of people are going to come back at me and say, oh, you think Crawford ducked the fight? I'm just laying out information that we know. Whether this stuff is exactly true or not, that we don't know. You know, we've been misled. I, just like the $10 million guarantee, I have no clue. Because we're also hearing that he wants to be one of the lead promoters. So does that mean he's investing in this thing too? I don't know. I don't know. They just signed Adrian Broner, according uh, 
lazy lefty OG. So, you know, that's that's a name, <laughs> you know, that's a name. So we'll see. We'll see where this thing goes. It's boxing. Who the hell knows? Um, but it is what it is. I mean, let's see what we hear about a guarantee there, you know. Um, but the amount of money you got to spend for people to know about this app and then pay for it on pay-per-view, uh, I guess you could say at least it's 40 and not 60 or 80. But it just, especially with all these pay-per-views and it's like, not that far away. It just seems like it's going to get lost in the shuffle. But who knows? Like I said, let's just hope this weekend and the following two months close with a bang and we start out fresh next year. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the fights this weekend. See you next week. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have.